You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? We are back here for another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm your host, Scott Bentley. Uh, Tigers. Drop this one in extras. I'm recording right after the game on Wednesday. You are listening on Thursday, August 26th. I almost said 4th. Thursday, August 26th, 2021. I'm recording right after Wednesday's loss to the St. Louis Cardinals. I hate losing to the Cardinals. Few things I hate more than losing to the St. Louis Cardinals. That's for sure. Uh, So we're going to cover the game and then the return of Throwback Thursday. I know. People have been been bothering me, not bothering me, that's a, that's a horrible phrase to use, have been uh, asking me about it for weeks now because the last two weeks, maybe even three, uh, I haven't been able to, uh, we didn't, haven't had time for it. We have time today. We're getting back on the throwback Thursday grind. And then tomorrow, with, with an off day Thursday, tomorrow we can have a, uh, an entire three-segment uh, prospect update, which will be pretty fun. All right. Let's uh, let's get into it. Before we get started, got to talk to everybody about Locked On MLB. Join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please just call him Sully every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors, both present and past, featuring exciting guest interviews and routine check-ins from the Locked On MLB Network's team of local experts. So subscribe to Locked On MLB today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. All right. Let's uh, let's get into it here. We got we got two to review, offense and defense, like we always do, and then the third segment will be Throwback Thursday. But we got to start with this game that happened yesterday, a lot more recently than the player on Throwback Thursday played. Um, final in ten, Tigers dropped this one two to three to the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, also, a lot of people have have beef with how I say scores. Uh, I got brought up by uh, by my co-host, by Nolan, over at Locked On Red Wings the other day uh, because one of his buddies who listens to to uh, our shows bro- told him, hey, Scott reads scores really like an idiot. Uh, and people have asked me this question forever. I-, I always have gotten a lot of heat and a lot of crap for how I read uh, scores in sports because people believe, you know, your team should be first or the winning team should be first or whatnot. Uh, I always do how the box score reads, which is away and then home, because that's how the box score reads. And the box score does not care about who won and what your favorite team is and etc. So I've always done it that way ever since I was a little kid, to be honest with you, and started keeping score at games like that. Uh, and have gotten crap for it my whole life, and I'm not changing just because you send me a DM <laughs> that says, hey, you read scores like an idiot. So I ain't going to stop. I ain't ever going to stop, and that's just how I do and you're going to have to deal with it. So I apologize if it, if it apparently it bothers a lot of people. Like I said, I've been getting asked about it literally my entire life, as far back as I can remember, and I've never wavered. So, uh, so I, I apologize, I guess, if it's super, you know, if, if it bothers you that much. But, uh, but, but sadly, I'm not changing it for nobody. All right. So Tigers drop this one two to three to the cards. The offense, in principle, was not bad. 
right? So, like, we only score two runs. However, we draw three walks and have 11 hits. So we have 14 base runners in 10 innings, but only muster two runs. We went two for 15 with runners in scoring position. Not going to get it done most days, unfortunately. Really, really not. Um, Tough, tough, tough. Really tough. Uh, So standout performances, though. Also National League, so a lot of pinch hitters mixed in there. A lot more hitters than we usually have. Uh, Tarek Skubal, though, he looked absolutely lost at the plate. Not not that Mize looked like better, but, I mean, Mize put, made contact with one and then just got lucky his first plate appearance because he got four-pitch walked. But, I mean, Skubal <laughs> was like like half an hour late on 88 down the middle. Like, it, it was, he looked – I'm pretty sure the rule for pitchers is you're not allowed to – Hinch's rule – for our team, for uh, pitchers hitting, is you're not allowed to swing until there's two strikes on you. I think he's just like, let's just work up the count as much as we can. <laughs> and uh, you're not allowed to swing until there's two strikes on you. So so Scooby goes 0 for 2 with two Ks. Uh, his two pinch hitters, Victor Reyes, went uh, 0 for 1 with a K. And then Harold Castro, we will get into uh, later. Derek Hill leading off. Derek Hill's been kind of sliding lately. He got off to a pretty... Hot start for, I don't want to say, like, you know, he didn't have like a 1,000 OPS or anything or even remotely close to that. But for a guy who has every other tool, all three other tools down and, and is very, very good defensively, has a solid arm for a center fielder, and uh, is a speed demon, th- those other tools left has, have always been the issue, right? He, I mean, he was drafted, what, seven years ago now? Uh, in, in our first round pick and has never been able to break through because of the bat. And so for, I don't want to say like for his standards, because that seems um, that seems like slanderous, but uh, he got off to a hotter start than I think a lot of people expected and was actually swinging a pretty good stick. And, and the last, since he's come back from, uh, from the IL, he has not been too great. And, uh, and then, like, the week before he got hurt as well, he was not exactly lighting it up either. So the, the numbers are starting to slide a little bit. And, and mostly they just slide because of the slugging percentage. Like, today he went 1-for-5 with a single and 2K, scored a run. His speed came in huge on that run scored. He was on second. Ball was hit to right field. Uh, you know, if that's, if that's, like, what, 90% of the other people on this roster, he's probably held at third or thrown out at the plate. Um, so that was that was really important, obviously. Um, but j- the, the I mean, the slugging percentage is is what makes the offensive numbers not look as good. Um, two fifty five average, three thirty three on base percentage, three nineteen slugging percentage. That's obviously a, a, a putrid slugging percentage. It's it's somehow still higher than Harold Castro's, which again we'll get into later. Uh, you know what? Somebody hold me to this, okay? This offseason, I'm dedicating an entire half-hour show to Harold Castro. Somebody hold me to it. Set a reminder. Do something. I am not... We are not starting next season. We are not getting to opening day of next year without an entire show dedicated to Harold Castro, okay? I Because I, I have so much I want to say about him, but I never have time to take a whole segment to just talk about Harold because I have other things to talk about, Okay. Some, somebody somebody hold me to that. Um, 
So so that's the biggest thing with Hill. And the 333 OBP, that was, that was bars right there. I sounded like I was spitting right there. Damn. The 333 OBP um, is uh, is not horrible by any stretch. I mean, that's it, it could be better. He could draw a few more walks, but that's not you know that's not putrid. That's better. If he was to maintain that, it would be better than Jonathan Scopes on the whole season, right? Like that's that's not bad at all. But um, I, I think the the slugging percentage is where you'll get tripped up there. So um, glad to see him get a knock though, and, and really put the speed to good use. And he played a great defensive center field today as well. Scopey, three for four with a walk. Needed. He was sliding immensely. Uh, has probably been a little overdue for a day off. Uh, has been has really been slipping the last week, I guess I would say. Uh, really came back in a big way today. Always good to see. Robbie Grossman, one for four with a signature walk. Candelario, one for five. I really liked all of Candy's at-bats, though, to be honest with you. I, I thought he looked really good all day. A couple of, like, routine flyouts and such. Not not incredible results the whole time, but really thought he looked good at the dish. Daz Cameron, 0 for 4 with 2Ks. I don't know why. Like, I, I trust AJ, so, like, I'm not going to raise a fit about it or anything, but I don't know why we're so adamant on Daz Cameron batting fifth. He, this is, like, the third or fourth time since he's been – or second or third time, I guess, since his injury, since he's come back from injury, that he's batted fifth. I don't, I don't know why we're so adamant on that, but I, I guess that he, he must see something. Uh, Willie Castro, two for four, man. Credit where credits due. Willie Castro is swinging a hot stick lately. OPS up to 640. Uh, that's a 221, 273, 368 slash line on the year. Uh, he's got to raise the OVP. He's got to draw some more walks. But he has been hitting the hell out of the ball lately. So so props to Willie Castro. Dustin Garneau, one for three. Uh, I, I think Dustin Garneau is probably um, – Herrick Haas is eligible to come back, I believe, on Friday. So I, I'm not sure Dustin Garneau will make it through tomorrow's off day and be on this roster uh, come come the weekend but uh, but a solid one for three, and he he caught a pretty good game to be honest with you. He received really well, was framing Scooble at at a at a good enough uh, for for the standards that that I have personally. I, I hold def- catcher defense to a very very high standard because I I was a catcher my whole life, so um, that's something that I look for and pay attention to a lot. And I, I thought he was really solid behind the dish. So he he came in and he was fine. He he wasn't an automatic out at the plate and played good enough defense while Eric Haas was hurt. Thank you. You did your job. Uh, wish you the best, Dustin Garneau. Badu came in to pinch hit for him as well because of National League and all the weird stuff you got to do. Um, so uh, Badu goes 0 for 1. Zach Short, 0 for 2 with a strikeout. Uh, and then Miggy pinch hit for him. And then Miggy obviously with the clutch double with two outs in the ninth. Unreal. Comes in off the bench, gets the clutch double. We have no one to pinch run for him, uh, so he, he has to be out there and then hitting Harold, baby. Hitting Harold Castro with a fantastic at-bat. Almost hit a double down the line, the, the pitch before he uh, sent the single up the middle to, to score Miggy. But just a fantastic, fantastic at-bat from hitting Harold. And he is, he is unbelievable. Hinton Harold is is ridiculous. And this segment's gone on too long, so i got to try and wrap up here. But, uh, I mean, he, <laughs> I've never seen someone who is elite 
at getting singles and is not really that good at any other aspect of baseball. It's not like he doesn't strike out because he does. He doesn't draw walks ever. He has like a single digit amount of extra base hits on the season. It's a a complete anomaly. It's fascinating. And I love it. And somebody hold me to having a whole show dedicated to him. With that point, he is not a good base runner. And probably uh, he's got to tag up. What is that? Was that in the 10th? Yeah, because he was the runner on second. He's got to tag up there. He's got to tag up there. Really brutal, to be honest with you. Um, that that he wasn't uh, that he wasn't able to tag up there. Really, really brutal. Uh, and they showed the video, and he like had never had any intentions of. I don't I don't know what was going through his brain, but that was uh, that that was a really big blunder. And it's hard to be like, oh my gosh, you're horrible because he he without him we wouldn't have even made it to extras. But I mean, dog, you you gotta tag up there. You gotta tag up there. So um, rough, uh, really frustrating day for the offense, to be honest with you, because they got a ton of people on base. We had 15 plate appearances with runners in scoring position as a team, and got two hits and scored two runs. 11 hits, 14 base runners, two runs. Not great. Not great. All right, uh, let us go into the pitching. But first, I got to talk to everybody about Direct TV. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, and I also got to talk to everybody about our friends over at Built Bar. You know me. You know I love my Built Bar, okay? I would never gatekeep it because I want everyone to enjoy it, but I am a huge Built Bar supporter. Coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. I'm still riding high on the cookies and cream, but in my mixed box the other day, I had an orange, and it was fantastic. It was fan, and I've I've had this long streak of riding the cookies and cream, and it being my go-to. And I think the orange might be might be slowly rising up the ranks there. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get that mix box I was telling you about, where it's two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bars the best tasting, but they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams of net carbs. Order today. Get that cherry. Get that orange. Get that cookies and cream. Get that mixed box, whatever you like. Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. You can eat what Olympians eat, baby. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
All right, everybody, let's get into segment two here at Locked on Tigers. Uh, I am your host, Scott Bentley. You can follow me at Bentley Scotty on Twitter. Uh, let's get into the pitching because Tarek Skubal was on one, baby. He was on that is That is probably, I think there's a difference between best and most dominant. I think that was probably the most dominant start of Tarek Skubal's young career. He was unbelievable. Five and, and, and the box score outside of the K's aren't like, oh my gosh, this is absolutely absurd. But he was fantastic. Five innings pitched, three hits, two earned runs, one walk, and ten strikeouts. Ten strikeouts in five innings. He had six K's through two innings. He was absolutely on one today. Um 10 Ks, 17 swings and misses, 17 swing and misses. Casey Mize had like, what, two or three yesterday? And that's not slander, you know. Mize is working on being like the the soft contact kind of part of his development where Scooby's always been a strikeout dude, go back to college, go back to him Almost setting a single season, like starting pitching double A record of K's per nine when he was in Erie two years ago. Scoobles always been a dog like that and always been about that. And and the frustrating part of him has just been when when it's on, it's unreal. And then it, he just takes a couple of at bats off. And I will say, right, like I, I want to trademark the Scooble inning. Right, we talked about that his last start. There was not a Scooble inning this outing. There was not even really a Scooble batter this outing. I know Paul Goldschmidt owned him, right? Paul Goldschmidt went off Scooble was two for two with two homers. The only two runs that the Cardinals scored until extras were both solo Paul Paul Goldschmidt home runs. But the second one especially was uh, actually a really good pitch on a, on a curveball, like that slurve, knuckle curve, whatever you want to call it that he has. It was actually a really good pitch, and Paul Goldschmidt is just an unbelievable hitter that's also in the midst of a massive hot streak and uh, and, and took him the other way. That that pitch truly, I, I put zero blame on Scooble besides the fact that he was the one that threw the baseball. The first one, was just it was the first inning. He had he had back to back strikeouts. He he said, Screw it. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and, and just get ahead in this count and sneak ninety-five uh past him here to start off the at bat and uh, Goldschmidt was ready. So not like horrible pitches by any stretch. I, I truly I, I think he was on point the entire game. There was not a single at bat that I was like, damn, he's losing it. You know, like I, I can feel him slipping and going into the scuba inning. At no point did I think only walked one batter, only three hits, and two of them were the Goldschmidt homers. I, I mean, he was on point. 85 pitches through five innings. This is an outing where if this happens next year at this same time, he's probably given the ball to go back out in the sixth. But regardless, he that is... Like I said, maybe not his overall like best, if you're going like box score, what his most productive best outing was of his career, but probably his most dominant. He was unreal. 
The fastball was electric today, and he was pinpointing it. The changeup was fantastic, and then the, the breaking pitches were absolutely unbelievable. So a lot, a lot of credit to Tarek Skubal. Pitch mix, fantastic. I don't know who, if Hinge called more of the game, I would imagine Garneau didn't call too much, but both of them deserve a ton of credit. Uh, also, he, he mixed in like that, that he has kind of like the slurve thing, but then he has more of a traditional curve as well. And that thing looked nasty today. A couple of nice frames by uh, by Dustin Garneau behind the dish too. He, he really, he looked unreal. I, I could go on and on about how good he looked. Most dominant performance I've ever seen from him. And if that's a sign of things to come, then we are in for a hell of a career from Scooble in the Motor City. Because that... <laughs> I got so excited just watching him pitch. He looked so damn good. Good accuracy, good stuff, great pitch mix. Can't ask for much more than that. Nobody could touch anything. And really the most effective pitch was the fastball. People outside of Paul Goldschmidt, everybody was swinging through it. And he would do this thing where that I love. And uh, I, I always loved calling as well as a catcher where you would get, uh, you would throw off speed low and then they would be looking for either high heat or more low off speed and then you throw low heat. And in a traditional sense, a low fastball that catches the plate is not a fantastic pitch, but if you set it up like that, it can be an elite knee-buckling pitch from a fastball, which usually you only get out of breaking balls. Just and, and he did it like three or four times, and I was just in love. You can hear it probably in my voice. He, he was, gosh, I, I loved watching him pitch today. The most fun I've had watching Scooble pitch probably since his first couple of starts of his MLB career, just off the excitement. He looked unreal. All right, enough about Scooby. Alex Lang. Uh, look, man, I'm going to keep singing the praise of Alex Lang. I think Alex Lang can be a incredible reliever. I, I think he can be an all-star caliber reliever. Will he? I'm just telling you where his ceiling's at, in my opinion. Okay? And if you get frustrated easily by Gregory Soto, you are not going to like Alex Lang because he is Gregory Soto... Uh, he is Gregory Soto to an extreme when it comes to the command. He has nasty stuff. Alex Lang has a good fastball, a really high spin rate, biting, incredible curveball. Like one of the best curveballs in the entire clubhouse right now. But he has no clue where it's going. (laughs) Like literally none. So I will keep singing the praises of him. I will keep saying that there's a lot of tools there and a lot of stuff. You know, I, I like putting them with Fetter. There's a lot of stuff that, that I think Alex Lang could be an incredible reliever. It's going to take a lot of work on his part, obviously, as it always does being a being a professional athlete. Um, but <laughs> there, yeah, I I am I. <laughs> If you don't, if you don't like Soto, or if you get frustrated real or lose patience really easily from Soto, you're not going to be a huge Alex Lang fan. All right, Joe Jimenez came in, struck out the side. Beauty, he's been really good the last uh, four or five days. 
Jose Cisnero came in, did Jose Cisnero things. Great Gregory Soto with one of the best innings I've seen from him in a minute. A uh, lot of people have been giving me a lot of heat about Soto lately, and uh, it's nice for him to, to remind some people about, about the dude he is. He's still one of the most talented pitchers in the American League, truly. You, you can't teach what he has. It's just a matter of the command, which you can teach, okay? So uh, still a lot of growing room. I'm not saying he's like back or that he's never going to make a mistake again before somebody yells at me. But that is uh, that Gregory Soto, really solid inning. And then Michael Fulmer, two-tenths of two-tenths, two-thirds of an inning, one hit, one run. It wasn't earned because it was technically the runner on second. Two walks, not a very good showing from Michael Fulmer, to be honest with you. One of the worst, uh, some of the worst that he's looked in a minute. And uh, yeah, I, I don't really want to go too much more in depth on it because I still feel like he's got a shot to do stuff. But So a tough way to, uh, to end the game, obviously, but showed some fight, came back, probably should have scored some more runs. But, uh, but but not not a horrible game by any stretch, and they made it exciting late, and Miguel Cabrera is still Miguel Cabrera, so can't ask for too terribly uh, much more besides, well, a victory, obviously. But I'll, I'll take a series split against the Cardinals. Let's get into Throwback Thursday. Let's get into Throwback Thursday. First, though, got to talk to everybody about our friends over at betonline.ag. It's that time of year again. All eyes turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all pro and college action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, contests, including the online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the NFL World's $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest up now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today and receive your 100%, not 50 anymore, 100%. Welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo where you make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener against the Super Bowl champ Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up using the promo code NFL100. So use promo code Locked On and promo code NFL100 to take advantage of that as well. But online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Also going to talk to everybody about our friends over at rockauto.com. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to send 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from chain stores or car dealerships? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and now even carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we send you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, let's get into uh, Throwback Thursday. Okay, this player 
played for, I'm going to try not to say his name. I know last time I said that, and then I said it like 30 seconds later. So we're going to try better this time, okay? This player played for the Detroit Tigers from 2003 to 2004, okay? He was part of that 119 loss Detroit Tigers team. He played for the Brewers from 01 to 03, the Tampa Bay Devil Rays in 05, and the San Francisco Giants in 05. His career MLB statistics, he retired with a 296 batting average. Most of that due to speed, uh, was a bunting machine, only six home runs, 111 RBIs in that four-year career. Lefty, uh, played center field. Okay, there you go. Center fielder, 2003, 2004 Detroit Tigers. He, uh, he left Cuba on a raft in 1994 at 18 years old. He was picked up by the Coast Guard after three days at sea. He was detained at Guantanamo Bay, and he stayed there for 16 months. And afterwards, moved to Miami, Florida, where he became a United States citizen in late 2004, meaning he played baseball for, what, three, four seasons before becoming uh, a, a fully United States citizen he was married with two kids. Unbelievable story. Unbelievable story. Deserves a ton of credit. Uh, credit doesn't even do it justice. That, that's probably not even the word I should use. Um, un- unbelievable story to, uh, to come here and chase a dream, baby. He attended Miami-Dade Community College. He was drafted in the fifth round of the 1996 draft by the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. In 2001, he was claimed off waivers by the Milwaukee Brewers, played his first game for the Brewers on June 15, 2001. He was uh, the starting center fielder for the Brewers in 2002, but due to a alleged poor attitude by, uh, by, by the clubhouse and coaching staff, as well as really weird defense, which if you remember him, you remember, um, Got him traded to the Tigers. They said, you have a poor attitude. Go play for one of the worst teams in the history of baseball. That'll teach him. And, uh, yeah. So, in, in 2003, we'll, we'll come back to 03 here in a bit. But uh, in 2004, he was then on pace to absolutely shatter the record for bunt hits in a season. But uh, ended up having some leg injuries in the second half and missed almost the entire second half. Uh, so, so he wasn't able to be able to hold that crown. But an absolute just bunting speed demon machine. If you like small ball, you were a big fan of this guy. Uh, on, uh, uh, in 2005, to start off the season, he became the first Major League Baseball player to be suspended for violating the league's new adopted drug policy. Anabolic steroids. Other performance-enhancing drugs. He was the guinea pig. He was the first one they popped after adopting that new uh, historic policy with the huge list of names that was coming out and stuff and, and that brand-new policy that was finally adopted in 05. He was the guinea pig. Okay, uh, As you can see, this, is a, this was a really cool one for me to research. Dude's got a lot of stories. <laughs> a lot, a lot of stories. Um, he, uh, he only had four career home runs. In, at the time of his suspension, but uh, he, he did not appeal and claimed that they were over the counter and whatever, so like everybody did at the time. He was then DFA'd by the Rays in 2005, 
despite a 346 batting average. He didn't play every day, though, just that weird defense where he would be incredible. He'd make an incredible defensive play because of how fast he was, but he'd take horrible routes and everything, and people were tired of him. Um, so then the Giants picked him up, and uh, he would get hurt, unfortunately, almost immediately. And, uh, yeah, bounced around to a couple of minor league contracts, Reds, Marlins, uh, White Sox over the years, but uh, would would go and play in the Mexican League in 2009, and uh, by the end of 2010 was retired from baseball. The uh, only other thing about him, the big hint, if for those of you who remember the 2003 season where we lost 119, we had 118 losses with six games left. And nobody wanted to get to 120. And the Tigers would end up winning five of their last six. The third to last game of the season. The Tigers are losing eight to nothing to the Minnesota Twins. And they would come back and win nine to eight. And they would win in the form of Warren Morris at the plate. He would swing and miss... To get struck out to end the game. However, there's a passed ball at the plate. And the answer to our trivia, to our throwback Thursday, would take home on the passed ball on the strikeout. A walk-off strikeout to cap off an eight-run comeback. And then the Tigers would win out and not lose 120. The answer to this week's Throwback Thursday is, of course, Alex Sanchez. An incredible, incredible, I'm sure he has a ton of stories. Uh, Hell of a career for only four or five seasons. Hell of a career. Speedy Alex Sanchez. Made his debut at 24, last game at 28. A 702 OPS with uh, with 122 stolen bases in five years. Ninth in rookie of the year voting in 02. Not a bad not a bad little career there. Hell of a story, man. Hell of a story, Alex Sanchez was. So he's the answer to this week's Throwback Thursday, and that'll do it. Before I send you guys on your way, gotta talk to you about Locked On Bets, betting on baseball, MLB, the Tigers. Doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast. All right, tomorrow we'll have the prospect review. We might do something else fun if, if there's not enough prospect review to do a whole three segments, but we'll figure it out when we get there. Uh, yeah, and then we'll we'll send you into the weekend. So thank you guys for listening. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope, and I will catch you all tomorrow. Go Tigers, baby.